Welcome to Drunk on Comics Podcast, episode 333. I wish I could think of a title that involved threes, but uh, I don't have that on my mind. No. But what I do have on my mind is a couple great books that I reviewed. Lynn's also reviewed a book, which was also pretty good. It was interesting. Yeah. Uh, we talked about uh, some hope in the comic book world, raising huh. some money. That was good. Yes. Yeah. Uh, we also talked about some ongoing drama with the James Gunn Always. scenario. I think it's never going to go away. drama hoarders. And uh, a Christmas album. A <laughs> couple notable deaths. Wah, wah. Uh, a little bit of news this week. Yeah, there wasn't... It felt really like a lazy... Holiday la- week, yeah. Week, yeah. There wasn't yeah. much going on. Mm-mm. But we still have a great show for you, so with that, uh, grab a drink and sit back and relax and enjoy Drunk on Comics Podcast, episode 333, A Fly in Your Throat. (laughs) Only you and I are going to get that one. (laughs) Doesn't matter. thing about a three-day weekend it makes tuesday that much more monday monday a monday it's monday you had like a three-month weekend what the fuck are you talking about i know every day feels like friday to me (laughs) so i was explaining to a lot of friends we a lot of my friends had to take friday off because there was a wedding and i've never really attended a friday wedding Hmm, however uh yeah it would i mean for me, though, yeah, as you said, I didn't really have to take time off. No. Thanks for rubbing it in still. You're welcome. Good thing I can uh, make all this money making my podcast. <laughs> yes, it's such a money maker. One of, the, one of the cool things about the wedding was my friends made a PowerPoint slide for all the singles mm. that they knew were coming to the wedding so, and had the picture, had their name, how you know. Like wedding tender? Groom, kind of, and it had, like some talking what they're interested in some talking points and interesting mine of course uh all things nerded nerdage and yeah podcasting yeah i actually had a couple people come talk to me interesting yeah yeah did some networking all right got some more listeners and felt quite happy (laughs) work done for the week (laughs) yes no but uh it is uh the three-day labor day weekend and yes it means barbecues, boozing, reading an extra day of yeah. just doing nothing. Yeah, that's basically what it is for me. <laughs> it's an extra day of doing nothing. Or an actual day of doing nothing because, you know, my weekends, I don't do nothing. I fucking clean my house. <laughs> if your house is always clean, why do you have to keep on cleaning it? Because it gets dirty. People walk through it with their dirty feet. And there's dust. And we eat off dishes. You have to clean your... I know you don't understand this concept. (laughs) I was hoping you were going to get to that point. Oh, um, yeah, so there are... uh, Honestly, I felt like this week was also a nice reprieve for me, for my books. It was a little light this week, which is fine. However, yes, it was way light for what I'd normally pick up. However, 
with all the th- ongoings that I had, I honestly didn't have a lot of time to read all the books that I did pick up. Uh, but there's one in particular that I kind of mentioned a bit last week that I, I want to kind of talk right now is The Hunt for Wolverine Dead Ends. And I say this into the way of if you were curious what was going on in those other three titles that they had going on for The Hunt mm-hmm. for Wolverine, if you just pick this up, Summarizes you'd be good enough. Yeah. Oh, that's good. That's good so, to know. Because I read that first one. Three different stories. Yeah. With four issues each. That's 12 issues. Yeah. Times that by like the three ninety nine. so say $4. It's $48 that I wasted. Yeah. Could have just got one issue one, and right. would have been all set. You don't get all this, the, the minute reveals. But in this, like one of the first things they kind of address is uh, um, Betsy being back to her old former self Mm -hmm. so okay you got that they also talk about the dna and everything going on so it it kind of started off with uh with them doing a powerpoint presentation Uh, so i was i should have did that as a transition from when i was talking about to this this is a powerpoint heavy week for you yeah and where the different teams got together to find out what they uncovered and some of the revelations that came Mm. from it now one of the things that uh I really loved about the, and I forget the names of all the ones, the, the Daredevil one was that uh, Cypher was brought back, I guess, from the dead or wherever he has been at. He's All right, because he died, <clears throat> and did he, it wasn't in the first issue. Well, no, he didn't die in this, like, oh, he it made it look like he's dead, but then, of mm. course, next issue, oh, he didn't really die, he just got hurt really bad. Right. But he's been missing from the comics uh, for a while now. And he's addicted to uh, the internet, which I, I don't think is a true addiction in the real world, but you can see people that are addicted to technology. Sure. And with him being able to read all types of language, operating systems are a language, the internet's mm-hmm. a language, him like needing to consistently get that fixed right. was an interesting part of that book. And he's always been one of my favorite characters because he can be like super powerful because he can also read magic they don't have him do it as much now but that's one of the things that i thought was genius when he started doing that right he can easily do any spells and because he knows all the language he could make up new ones so you can make him really uh very powerful but so they go uh, over uh everything that they learned and you know then there's a uh when they start Truly, some of the books that I read this week made me do some laugh-out-loud parts. There was a part when they first... uh, uh, Tony Stark was getting to the mansion, X-Mansion, and then Daredevil showed up, and they were talking about how how rich of a place, why don't they have a doorbell, we'll just knock, and then Kitty Pryde just pops through the door and scares the Mm. shit out of Tony Stark. And one of those, like, scenes, but then when they're sitting there ready to, to list, get started, you know, Tony goes, ready when you are, and Daredevil goes, I'm all ears. Just because of the whole sonar thing, I'm like, oh, that's that's witty ready, and I like that. Uh, we get introduced to a new bad guy, or bad woman, as I should say, and what made it seem like a secret invasion coming on down, uh, they protect everyone in the mansion, and then only to find out that, you know, it was just this lady kind of saying, you want your answers? Well, too bad. You know, I have Wolverine, he is alive, and you keep coming for me, and you're, you know, more Mm. mutants are going to die. And 
I'm like, okay, I, I'm interested in who this person is. Uh, per, I can't ever remember how to say it. The ancient uh, Greek pers- Persephone. Persephone? Yeah, Persephone. Yeah, I think that's probably the right way because I yeah. can't say anything Late, correctly. Lady Greek person? Yes. Yeah, that's Persephone. She had a really cool, interesting, like, weird, weird outfit that, like, just kind of, like, was weird and like strange and transformed like when she was talking oh that is super weird is her face just a flame yes kind of it's huh it's not for persephone as i know her nope but you do get to see finally the real wolverine that's that's a hot picture and his fire claws yeah but we've also already seen wolverine being back from his you know cross world adventures which we still don't know why so it all says you know this is uh to be continued in the return of wolverine number one oh this this series did not really give i think this is the first like a zero issue for going into wolverine Mm. so like i said people should definitely pick this one up especially if you want to skip over all the other ones but yeah you did not read to waste your money on all those other ones yeah that's good to know i think I did not pick that up because I did not read all the other ones. So I was like, well, I am, I just, I don't want to be lost. You should, because there's a lot of things that I skipped over because I didn't want to reveal too much of what happened in sure. here. But it, uh, yeah, it was, it was a worthy read, but it also, like I said, it, for me personally, it pissed me off a little bit because I'm like, why the fuck did I, <laughs> one of those ones. Um, I guess I can go into two other books I'm going to kind of review back to back, um, I didn't get to read all four of them, but uh, once again, DC teamed up with Looney Tunes. Yeah, that Porky Pig one freaked me the fuck out. That Porky Pig is fucking freaky looking. So all of them, when they do, because each of these stories have two stories in them. Mm -hmm. One drawn more in a Merry Melodies, Looney Tunes type world, and then the other in kind of the DC house type style. All those house style ones, it's weird. Yeah. I like I do not like what they look like. Uh, yeah, the party pig one. I mean, they it made me it made sense a bit, but it still is a bit weird. Uh, the two that I um, did get to reading, and bummed that I didn't get to all of them, so I could kind of say how good or bad they were. Uh, I got the Joker and Daffy Duck. Okay. And Harley Quinn and Gossamer. Which, do you know who Gossamer is? Gossamer is the big red dude. Yes. Yeah. And within that, I will say this, they were both interesting. I don't know um, if I could say these were the best crossovers. I think there were some better ones that I have read. Mm-hmm. However, they there were some chuckles throughout it, and they kind of seemed to make some sense. Uh but with Gossamer, though, too, I'm like, I never knew that, that creature's name before. Really? Yeah. Huh. I mean, I, I have, because I think every time I've learned that again. Yeah, you're like, like I don't, oh, he has yeah, a name. Yeah. yeah. And I and I kind of remember that. And at one part, towards the end, you know, they're talking about, um, you know, they were captured. And uh, Harley's going to him, like, you know. Who's out to get you? Know is it someone that created you? Are you a pet? Blah blah. blah. An iconic cartoon character that no one can remember the name of. <laughs> and it was right then and there. I go, 
That's very meta. <laughs> but there's also like a lot more meta stuff that she did. And I'm going to kind of cross between both of them because I don't want to give away the stories too much of either or. Okay. Um, the Joker one, it kind of started off with Daffy Duck, which also looked weird. I will say uh, Gossamer being a giant hairy creature actually fit more in a style of like the real life style because it's just a giant furry right. thing. Yeah. Where Donald or Daffy Duck uh, looked quite interesting mm. to say the least. And he end up uh, it was saying versus uh, Joker, but he ended up joining Joker when he. They also did his voice so well that when you're reading it, it's hard to read the lith that he yeah. had, but you hear it in his voice, right. which is a great way to say that this character was really well written. And when he joins up with the Joker at trying to be the new henchman and, and how that goes about, you see in the Joker, this is kind of one of the sadistic type of Jokers. Uh, it starts off with him... Uh, at a nightclub telling jokes before Batman gets there. And just like whenever I read the Riddler and the Riddler says some sort of riddle, it's it's usually like a, a stupid one or an easy one, something right. that you can easily figure out. So when the Joker does his dad jokes, usually they fall flat. There are actually some jokes that he said in here with the setup of the looking at the page that were actually laugh out loud kind of funny. In a dumb, punny type of way. And uh, through all these hijinks, you know, Daffy starts working for him. And he kind of saves the day. One of the greatest uh, things towards the end, though, is when Batman finally comes and gets the Joker and everything. They were talking about a duck that uh, was helping him out. And Daffy is trying to pretend like he's a stuffed animal uh -huh. at this fair that they're at. Mm -hmm. And uh, Batman is going on about how, yeah, but, you know, we could totally understand why a, a Mallard would be following the Joker. They're they're simple-minded. They only uh -huh. follow orders, you know. That's why they walk, uh, you know, straight in straight lines because they just follow the person in front of them, which, of course, in all type of, uh, iterations with Daffy Duck, he then gets pissed and go, now you wait a minute, blah, 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 yeah. which then, that was what Batman was doing to get him to come out, and then, what was weird in the sense of, they arrested him too and sent him to Arkham as well, did not see that really coming, but they thought he was a bad guy, I guess, and yeah. technically he did with some of the things that, he was trying to take down the Joker, he did create a great layer, um, <laughs> and, and that one I thought was pretty good, the one with Harley, though, it had more to do with... I felt like there was lacking of story with the crossover. Because it started off with Harley and, and Ivy at the beach. Sure. And it also uh, went more into detail of their relationship. Because, as most people know, they are dating. and But then again, too, there's different iterations of their dating or how far they've been in. And I don't even know if DC proper right now has had them come totally together. I know within Batman, when I was reading it, uh, had them kind of get yeah. back together. And in Injustice, they're married. Yes. Yeah. So this, though, definitely has them for sure dating. And I'm not going to lie, the many uh, euphemisms that Harley did was what really made me almost spit out uh, a drink while I was reading this. Like, 
she she's talking about you know Ivy come over to my house I want you to stay with me during this hurricane that's coming and she's like well I gotta go home and blah blah, blah. And, and you know you have you have your dog Nathan and and your and to look after your your beaver while you're away well Nathan stays with Tony once in a while and my beaver goes everywhere with me because yeah. <laughs> I do know she has that pet yeah. beaver that they've used that same joke all the time yeah uh, there was another scene same page actually it's probably my favorite page. Ever, because that happened in the top panel where they were talking about the beaver. And then to show that the hurricane's coming, they just show a random family and the kid going, Hey, I'm Batman, I'm Batman, I'm Batman. And the mom's trying to, like, get the kids to follow because there's a hurricane coming. She's like, I know. And just, you've already said that 50 million times. And then she's like, you know, just be quiet so the Joker doesn't find you. Well, in the panel before, showing the hurricane... Harley is carrying her Joker uh, balloon that she was, or um, tube that she was on the beach with, mm. and that gets released from her hand and comes and just totally whacks the kid that keeps saying I'm Batman <laughs> in the face. So then the mom goes, see, even Batman should listen to his mother. <laughs> I like the smirk that she has on her face, too. Yeah. Because as a mother, you never want anything terrible to happen to your kids, but when something happens to them like that and you know they didn't get hurt, you're kind of like, that's... Right, you fucker. Especially when they just had said something <laughs> yeah. like that, too. Like, the Joker will get you if you yep. don't shut up. Yep. And I just thought that was that was not needed for the story, but it was needed to just... Uh, that really made it's me laugh. Funny. Uh, there were a, a bunch of other uh, beaverish jokes, but um, finally, when Ivy's getting ready to go before the, the storm hits, um, you know, she's like, you know, don't worry. You'll, I'll see you in a few weeks for a spa weekend. And Harley goes... Sorry, folks, but that's a venture for the black label. Ah, that's great. And, <laughs> yeah, you allude to what it's it's going to be. Um, yeah. Aw, good for them. Yeah. Um, I, I liked it. Uh, there's a bunch of more uh, euphemism jokes, which was good. But like I said, it it was okay. It, was, it wasn't a bad book. Both of them weren't. It just felt lacking a bit in the writing direction and even harley said about in this book though like if they have time to write this this stupid story why aren't they writing me better or something or Ah. for her ongoings and and there was actually quite a few more meta things towards the end of this when you find out where gossamer is from and how he's created and and when she thinks of who she thought was behind everything definitely good books to pick up. I mean, they don't have anything to do with continuity whatsoever. Right. Um, it seems like when they meld the two characters together, it just seems natural. The one that I'm really looking forward to is the Sylvester and Tweety slash Catwoman one. Just because I'm wondering the dynamics of... It's going to be, obviously, Sylvester after Tweety and right. Catwoman then probably trying to help Sylvester because he's a cat. Yeah. But then... Her being wanting but to like Tweety's so cute and like endearing to everybody. Yeah. So that's what I'm, I'm wondering how huh, that's that going to go about. Yeah. I'll have to get to those on this three day weekend of uh, enjoyment of yes. catching up on this, books. This whole three day weekend. Yes. That you have off from work. <laughs> yes, only this three day weekend. <laughs> well, what did you read in your busy week? Um. So the, I didn't have a lot of stuff that I picked up this week. I did pick up. Um, one that I don't know that I normally would. I'm not a big fan of reading animated properties as comic books. 
I don't know why. I just would rather watch the cartoon than mm-hmm. read the comic book. Like, I really love Adventure Time. I don't read the Adventure Time comic books. Um, but I picked up Rick and Morty versus Dungeons and Dragons. I thought it was just Rick and Morty Dungeons and Dragons, but it's actually versus Dungeons and Dragons. It's also number one of a four-issue yes. series. Um, I know As- you play Dungeons and Dragons. Yes. And I've dabbled in Dungeons and Dragons. I'm not an expert, and when I did play, I made somebody make my character for me. (laughs) And then I would roll the dice and then ask people to tell me what that meant. So, like, I didn't really get into it. It was a little fun, but... Well, I want to say, with this book, too, since we forget all the time, I want to say that this is definitely best on tap for... Oh, because it's got the character sheet? Yes. Yeah. And just what uh, the stats are and, and everything, it... It makes sense for an evil uh, Morty. Yeah. Uh, He's a half-orc rogue something, right? uh, Yes. Yeah. He's chaotic good, which is true upon him. Yeah. Kind of uh, wondering what... There's the Rick one in the back. Oh, there is the Rick one in the back? Yeah. Because that's the thing. I haven't gotten to... uh... It's funny because it also has, like... It's a played sheet, so it looks like if you find it i think it's the next page over yep he's got little notes on it where like you know they were clearly they went into a room so he was trying to remember the pattern and how to get through the room without dying like Mm. stuff like that stuff like people who play D &D know you have to do Mm -hmm. sometimes people who don't play D D may not realize that sometimes D &D gets really intricate well there's (laughs) a lot in here that oh i can't wait to read this and it's one of those things where when you, we hate it when we review different books that we haven't gotten to yet. Yeah, uh, I won't. So spo- I won't. I won't. I won't spoil it for you. I, I do have a couple things to say about it though. Um, the first of all, it's completely unrealistic because the whole beginning of the book, obviously, it's unrealistic. It's Rick and Morty, but <laughs> <laughs> the first part of the book is um, Morty on the school bus going to school or coming from school, and everybody on the school bus is talking about D and D. Like, everyone at his school plays D&D. Everyone. And, like, he's the odd man out. And I'm like, well, that's just never true. I mean, D&D has become much more acceptable as a as a thing to do now. But there's just not everybody is not playing it, you know? Um, I can't believe you got me hooked on a D&D podcast. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Which is funny because Justin Roiland does a D&D podcast. Okay. Um, where he plays D and D, like he'll he'll DM a D and D game. Well, yeah. Well, there's Harmon Quest, which is kind of oh like, Dan Harmon. Yeah. Um, I mean, it, yeah. you, you can watch those on online. They've only had to think two seasons, right? And it's a loose space kind of a Dungeons and Dragons where right. they still kind of roll some dice, but it's more of the story and them talking right. it through of what happens, and then they animate it. Good fucking. Uh, right. That's maybe who I was thinking of then, not Justin Roiland, okay. Dan Harmon. Because um, he also has a podcast where they do that. Okay. Um, so then then uh, Morty decides maybe he wants to jump on this bandwagon because he clearly is the only person in the world not playing D&D. So he goes to a store, and there's this really hot girl working there who... Um, also loves D&D. Yeah, and she's like... So she goes over to ask him what he is looking for and he had picked up like a first edition D&D book which I didn't even know they sold those still they're 
Well, yeah, they don't sell them at all. Right. I mean, they're collectors. Well, I, it was a, obviously wouldn't have been an original one, but no one plays first edition D&D yeah. anymore. Um, and so he had to play it off like he was trying to get somebody started in D&D, so he was starting them from the ground up. And I'm like, well, that's oh. not how it works. <laughs> <laughs> you know, start at first edition and work your way up to whatever the current one is. But anyway, so she invited him because she was missing someone out of her group. So she invited him to play D&D. And he was like, yeah, because it's a hot girl, inviting him to play D&D, right? Always happens. I know you have this problem all the time. Yes, it's just... <laughs> hot girls inviting you to their D&D games. Um, Gotta beat them away with my dice bag. Not saying there's not hot girls that play... That There are hot girls that play D&D. Odds are, they already have boyfriends. Just saying. <laughs> None of them are single. <laughs> um, so he goes home to uh, ask... Well, he... he he goes home to try and read through, like, the manual, and he has no fucking clue what's going on. Like, he can't... It's just, there's a lot in those books. Oh, there's so much that you can read in those to yeah. even understand. And just starting at the beginning and reading through a D&D manual, like, that you're not going to learn anything. Not really. <laughs> you have to you have to learn this game by playing it. So he goes to Rick to try and help him, like, instill his mind with this knowledge. Like, he's done for other things in the past, and... Rick gets really excited about Morty wanting to play D&D. Like, he's like, my grandson's becoming a man sort of thing. Like, he's jazzed about it. So he actually invites a bunch of old dudes over for him to play D&D with, and they do play first edition D&D. And Morty has a terrible time, because first edition is not playable anymore. <laughs> <laughs> so, and... After that, then they move on to the next edition, and then Rick makes it into a whole Rick adventure, right? So you know there's, they're not just playing out of a book. There's other shit that they do instead. Um, I can only imagine him having, like, a whole world where it's all going to become true. and You know, I mean, just imagine, if like, you're thinking about this in the concept of what would happen during an episode of Rick and Morty. You know that they wouldn't just sit around a table playing a game they would be doing something in real life about it. And that's pretty much what happens in the book. And there's going to be more issues after this, so it's going to be probably just a whole campaign. I think they were playing Greyhawk? Okay. Is that a yeah. thing? I, I, I'm not looking at the book, so I can't remember. I knew it was Grey something. I wanted to say Skull, and that's He-Man. <laughs> <laughs> Who knows? Maybe they make an adventure of that. So I think that's what they were playing... In the second go-around was a version okay. of Greyhawk. But anyway, not knowing a ton about D&D, just enough to, like, know what it is and the very basic concept of it, it was interesting. I don't know that I would pick up more of them. Well, I will differ and tell you from what little I was looking at and already wanting to look forward to this. It definitely picks my interest yeah. to... I'm definitely reading it. And uh, Yeah, you can borrow this one, actually. If you want to read it, yeah. Um, if you get if you get the other ones, I will probably read them. If you have them, I just don't know that I would buy them. Well, that's what friends are for. Sharing exactly. is caring. Exactly. But again, Tony plays D and D pretty hard, <laughs> and I do not. So if my review could sum this down to anything, if you enjoy D and D and or Rick and Morty, you'll probably like this book. So I would suggest picking it up. All right, last book I want to kind of review and to segue what I last said, uh, friendship, uh, sharing is caring. Friendship is magic? No. 
No? Sharing is caring. Oh, friendship is magic. Yes. Uh, That's what I say. Well, yes, but <laughs> what I say Sharing fits a little caring. bit fits a little bit more he with. He only uh, says that because he doesn't have any money. Money more from Power Rangers Shattered Grid number one. Now I say that because there's a couple different tropes that they have in this book that is a little bit annoying that they went that route, but also it makes sense in how they do it. And of course, the big reveal of how... Is this the last one? Yes. Okay. Uh, everything's going to kind of be reset, and I'm going to get to kind of the, how they overcame it first by saying friendship. And one of the biggest reveals is that, as I'd mentioned before, Tommy, the of the normal universe, he got killed. Right. And what we find out is he didn't really get killed. Ah. Within the arrow was the Chaos Emerald that created the Green Ranger, displaced him in time. As we've learned now with the the power grid, or the uh, morphing grid, that time and space is kind of like... The morphing grid is like the heart of the universe. It is everything. And when you have that, you're like unto yourself a god and can reshape reality. It's, it's the Infinity Gauntlet in one kind of... Got it. Right. and he was kind of out space outside of that time uh kind of like how zordon is not has a physical body because he's kind of in this neither realm as well and can come to you in a giant tube glass tube mm-hmm. in the in the main structure so i'll get back to that in back because i want to also say a couple of the other little uh tropes that they've done such as i've wanted for a while they did have a kind of uh a magal uh, Amalgam Nation. Amalgam. Yes. Uh, Zord in the other Power Rangers book. And I wanted to see another one happen where the good guys got that. So at one point, when they're still fighting uh, uh, Serpentera, the giant evil dragon Zord that um, Lord Zed had in the show, they're talking about what can we do to uh, fight this. And we have some Zords left. And I love that one of the Power Rangers um, from the time force had some archives on all the, the Zords that are left and who might be able to transform. And then he starts calling off names of people and, you know, start getting your Zords ready. So you see them all do kind of their, their Um, power go like, you know, super zero Zord power now. Dino charger ready. And they create, you just got to imagine they're doing fake karate moves the whole time while they're doing it. (laughs) And we get to see a kind of cool kick-ass, like, Amalgam type yeah, of Yeah, so these Zord. are these are a bunch of Zords that wouldn't normally from different do, yeah. Uh, universes. Yeah, and I you know I like that, and they are trying to make sure that throughout all this, uh, Jason can get his uh, go at trying to destroy this tower, which is Rita's tower, which is preventing you know or giving the power of the Morphing Grid to all the bad guy henchmen mm. that Lord Draken has, and also sucking up the the uh, Morphing Grid as well keep saying power grid but you know what i mean yes now this is where things get uh meta and also kind of what the hell but you know draken wins and he wins and when we see that although the power rangers thought they had won uh reality starts shattering and i like the visual of these panels because it's it looks like you're looking at a panel that's broken like glass but you're 
seeing people. Right. It's almost like reality, there's shards, and that they're punching through reality, which happens also. This is where things get trippy, and you're kind of like, what the hell? It's like one of those, um, what's the one where uh, you 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 thought you never wanted to live? Once upon a time, or what's that Christmas one where he doesn't want to, without him? It's a wonderful life. Yes, it's a wonderful life. Yes. Well, it's kind of a little bit opposite of that, but it also felt the same way of, here's Tommy with, uh, you know, what seemed like his mom, Rita, and his uh, dad, Eltar. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, and uh, you're like, okay, what's going on? And it's really in the middle of this book that you're questioning yourself, why is there this Tommy, and there's some uh, evil entities coming towards uh, Angel Grove, and he's pretty much Superman. He can fly. He can oh, wow. punch them. He can shoot laser beams. And he also has, you know, some people using his other iconic Zords, the Tiger Zord and the Dragon Zord. And he's doing an interview, and he you know, starts hearing voices. Now, this doesn't look like the scarred-up Lord Draken, so you're wondering, who is this? Till you do finally find out that it is him. This is what his goal was. His entire uh, wanting the Morphin Grid was to get the heart of a master, which we get kind of really cool um, mythos of Power Rangers lore a bit. And I hope in the future uh, stories they re uh, go back to some of this stuff because I thought that was the most interesting part of this entire thing was that there are these beings outside of time that oversee all these universes because it is a giant multiverse with all these different Power Rangers going on. And he got he beat them, and he got the heart of a master, and in doing so, could recreate the realities mm. and destroyed every other reality and created this one to where he was a beloved Superman figure. Hmm. Uh, he kept all of his, uh, you know, all the other... Because he was Tommy Oliver at one point, even in his universe when he was evil... What you find out is that's the only universe in which he was evil. All the other ones, Tommy always changed good. When he was going through and killing all the other Tommies, he didn't ever find another evil one. That's what made this Lord Draken unique. Ah. And that's what he was trying to prove is that he can be the hero now. But unbeknownst to him, he's got that that evilness inside Mm -hmm. him that keeps showing up. Mm -hmm. And that's what these beasts these mystical beasts are coming towards angel grove every time is because even though he's got the power of a god and he is a god he's still got a mind of a a man right and that mind is well kind of messed up yeah a little bit just a little and so even through everything when you know the the tv crews love him everyone loves him the other power rangers are there that have no clue who or what they are He's, uh, but they all kind of worship him. They're mm-hmm. all happy that he came, stopped by when they were doing some practices and everything. Uh, this then comes the reveal of how Tommy came back. He was outside of the world, outside. So all these realities that he could just see happening, you now have only one reality. So he's outside there with the Morphine Masters, and he's just waiting for Lord Draken to mess up to where that glass that covering of this world is small enough that he could shatter on through so he does a superman punch gets on through and wakes up the other rangers and what felt like almost the quickest like resolution of a fight 
he gets the he touches the the emerald and so there's two Tommies in charge but of course the good one will win mm-hmm. there and then things reset that's the thing that's another one of the tropes that that happened is they were talking about how how do we make this right what can we do well we can start making you know worlds again or we can set them back to with the other morphing masters as well as it can be not everything can be changed but ultimately in order to do that you guys will forget all about this Mm. and so they will be able to have the other you know dino um thunder they'll be able to have the zeo they'll have you know the time um sbd and everything they'll have their worlds back but it's not going to necessarily be the same meaning that it can be fluid now when they start writing some of these other Mm -hmm. uh books Mm -hmm. But you're not going to remember any of this ever taking place. Does that mean Evil Tommy goes back to his reality? They so- also asked that, and they also kind of gave a "we're not telling you" kind of uh. answer. So yes. Yeah. So and basically, they're setting to do this again. Possibly. Yeah. Which I'm okay with if it happens a little bit differently, or like I said, if they talk more of this outside world and what that means to all the other Power Rangers. Mm-hmm. Um, I really would like to to get back in there, but of course they uh, they had to kind of say the the name of this whole thing, you know. Well, the multiverse is fractured, kind of like a shattered pane of glass. Like mm. you knew it was coming somewhere within yeah. this, but they... <laughs> I also love throughout the whole thing the fights. Everyone's mask somehow had a small glass in their face shield, like. You got punched right there, huh? Yeah, like, right. Right in the, in the, just, right just in the face shield, right in yep. that glass part of your face yeah. shield. Just uh, all those other battles you've ever had in your entire yeah. Power Rangers life's never really cracked. You would think those would be able to stand up to punches. Yeah. Right? If that, I mean, you don't want that getting out as their weak point. <laughs> just punch them in their glass face mask. And this is the thing, too. I'm wondering what, what point this probably resets before Draken even showed up. Which, uh, with his black dragon sword and everything, and Kimberly and Tommy coming closer together, mm. you know, they give one last kiss, but knowing that it's not going to be the same. Of course they still, you know, we're doing it to, to save save everyone. Right. And it kind of just goes the end. There, I was hoping there was going to be some sort of Like flash epilogue, to them like, in the, at, back at the school sort of thing. Yeah, or some sort of, yeah, what what's going on now and have that one tease of like drake in somewhere or uh, something happening right we did get a quick look at what it's going to look like now uh with money more from power rangers beyond the grid and it didn't really give much away it just kind of said you know that throughout the universe you know there's always the morphing grid and it's kind of the power and the border of all the universes i'm wondering where the stories are going to go. I've read up uh, within news that they're switching their costumes and stuff like mm, that and mm-hmm. their zords. I'm guessing that's what they mean why not everything's going to be the same, uh. but that still doesn't... I don't feel like that does too much of a difference to the characters. Like, who cares? You drive a different zord. You all yeah. form together the Megazord at the end of the episode yeah. anyways. Are the colors... Uh, are the colors... Do they mean anything? Like, you know how the Care Bears have different colors based on, or pictures on their belly based oh. on, you know what I mean? Like, is pink They've like never, heart and yellow is courage? They, well, they had their individual uh, 
weapons that were color-coded to them that also kind of represented what their zords mm-hmm. kind of had. Um, like, Trini had two daggers, so they're kind of like the fangs of the saber-toothed tiger. Right. And Billy had what could be size and put them together, and then they're a giant kind of bow, but they were, and they're blue, but also there's three prongs on them for, like, a triceratops. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know if then those weapons would go with the suit or with the right. zord, but as the one that sticks out the most from when I was reading up on it was Jason, I believe, being the yellow Power Ranger, but driving the pterodactyl. Hmm. So that's way different. Right. right. Uh, so yeah, we'll huh. wait to see. I'm still going to obviously read these. However, I don't know if anything would top this overall story. Right. However, any fan that was of Power Rangers or still is, it's great. I do feel I wish they would have done a few things differently in this final issue because it felt kind of on the the head of what they were going to do. But I'm okay with that. Right. It was an overall story, really mind-bending in the middle of what the hell is going on, but had to push through it, and then you see, oh, there's the resolution. So Right on. It's over. Now yeah. I just have my Transformers, and then... And your whole well, life is ending. Pretty much so. All my all my comic shit will <laughs> I mean from from being a, a young into now. Right. Uh, except for then uh Oh, that's one thing I okay. Before we get into to news and notes, <laughs> I do need to say something of my childhood. Okay. And how that won me and my brother uh, a bunch of money at uh, trivia this past week. Oh, so, uh, we're Pen15 Club was their name. Okay, and, that's funny. Uh, it's me and my brother, my dad, and one other person. We have a very strict four people on our team type rule because anyone else, well, they're really not helping us and they'll just take our prize money anyways. Sure. As well as when they say something and then we're second guessing ourselves, that doesn't help us out. Right. So, we kicked ass. We won $120. Nice. And one of the big reasons why we won $120 is because they had one of the video categories that they had up on the screen was 80s. Mm. So name this person, name this team, name this cartoon, name this toy. Got them all. Of course you did. Except for Wham. I couldn't remember um, George Michael's band name, but of course my dad helped me with that one. The one that that really set us apart was a four-point question, and it was a toy, Matt Tracker from Mask. Okay. I knew exactly what the show was, and I put it M period, A period, S period, K period, because it's, mask stands for something. Right. Other people put in mask, but they didn't do it the right way. Ah. And the host goes, yeah, um, all right, so here's the deal. Only two people correctly answered it, but you guys all kind of did. At that point, I'm like, yes. So he goes, I'm going to tell you what, if you said mask, you get two points. If you said it with the periods, you get four points. Nice. And they went to the other team first. You know what math stands for? They didn't. I was already telling my team. I was like, it stands for, for this. <laughs> Comes over to me. Mobile Armored Strike Command. And everyone's like, how the hell do you know these things? Command doesn't start with a K. Yeah. That's a... <laughs> they had it up there at Soundwave. Like, name this Transformer. Also, he gave a ridiculous amount of points. So, for the people that... Did not know Trish. Yeah. Like, I was the first one to put it in. I was like, I can name you all of his cassette tapes. <laughs> I have them at home. Yeah. <laughs> we kicked ass in 80s. Nice. Uh, nice. And yeah. I was quite happy about that win, just with, with my well knowledge. Done. Well. Um, other people that have made some money this past week 
Um, we have uh, Hope, a, a comic book for Flint. And they just recently, this past weekend, had a concert where you can get the book. Concert was $10. And with the price of admission, mm -hmm. you would get this comic book. Get this comic book. Um, put out by Source Point Press. It uh, is all proceeds go to the Compass, which is trying to uh, raise money for those who are affected by the Flint. God, if I can speak correctly, Flint water crisis. And they uh, raised over $2,000 from the concert alone. You can get the book at uh, on Big Cartel, where it's $10 for the issue. There's five stories, I believe, in there. It's uh, published by friends over at Source Point Press, yep. and uh, I think that's a worthy, cool thing. That it is. It is. I always like when people, I mean, you know, it's admirable when people use their art to do good. One could argue that people who do art do good just by doing art, but, I mean, this takes it a step further. So, well done. Go pick up the book. You know it's going to be good. If Source Point put their name behind it, then I have full confidence that it's probably very good yes something that also is good eminem just dropped a album yeah he did out, out of nowhere, nowhere hence the name kamikaze yeah and we bring this up for two reasons one i kind of want to talk about it and then i found out it actually does have a yeah, comic book kind sure. of theme to it so i love when there's randomness in the world kind of chaos sometimes and when things just come out of nowhere um, we've seen that with uh, the kind of, well, not really so much anymore, but the Cloverfield type uh, movies when they, before they were like known to be tied together. Now they kind of slap that label on them now. Right. But uh, it's always great to get a surprise. And so it was a surprise that he dropped an album. And a full album. That it was also, I mean, they're getting probably more press by not having pre-done press than right. they would have had they been saying, yeah, this album's coming out. So that's a positive for them. But also, on there, he uh, he has a song, which I, I love Eminem, but uh, it, it feels almost like he's... I don't want to say a sellout, because he's not, and I don't want him to be... Actually, I would love him to say drunk on comics said something, fuck you, or whatever. <laughs> so maybe if you do hear this... Uh, then we'll be famous. Yeah. Uh, but... The song title is called Venom, music from the motion picture. Ah. So it's like a subtle, like even the, the song has, you know, words of Venom and everything and such that, all right, this is going to be on the, the album for the Venom movie. And I, I think it's, I would love for Eminem to have done a song, but not one of these. This feels almost like, remember the 90s when there was... Uh, albums and songs for movies but they were like strictly written for the movie yeah. instead of what felt like the tone sure. for the movie like we can look at Guardians of, well they're all used songs but they felt organic in nature mm -hmm. and none of them were just flat out I'm going to tell you about the movie this and that like we can go back to the old uh, that hero was it hero Nickelback did for oh yeah Spider-Man Spider like one of those where sure or Evanescence for Daredevil yeah yeah you know that those were the lyrics are almost like written with the executives of these movies right to make a point about the movie where you have other movies where it just feels organic it mm -hmm. feels like 
they they fit well with the scene. Right. Please, no. I don't want to see this going forward. And even though I have uh, low expectations for the you movie, do. You do. I don't feel it, that this is the right way to go for... Uh, I don't think Eminem doing a song for Venom and dropping it like this uh, is good for either Eminem or Venom. Yeah. That's what I'm trying to say. And from what I understand, I haven't listened, I listened to one song off the Eminem album. From what I understand, you said you heard it was all very good. I've heard the opposite. I've heard it's not great. No, I liked it because it's, it feels like it's Eminem being angry again and... Throwing back to being a dick? Kind of, yeah, when he, like... I liked that Eminem when I was in my younger years and I hated everybody, but now that I'm, like, over it, I feel like Eminem probably should move on, too. He's fucking rich now. He doesn't need to be an asshole anymore. <laughs> you turn from an Eminem fan to a Reese's fan? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I just had to make that joke. Sorry. Oh, uh, so the DC Universe uh, is going to finally launch on September 15th. This DC streaming. Yes. Yes. Well, that's what the, yeah. they're calling it, the DC, DC Universe. Universe. And, uh, yeah, uh, so there's more shit that uh, you're going to have to start paying out for. Of course. Now, again, the one bonus to this that I can say, because I, I haven't seen any of the shows, so I can't stay at, say it's their original content, although I'm very excited about uh, Swamp Thing. I think that'll be fucking cool. Um, is the availability of, to download comics when you subscribe that to That is this. true. So I think that's a very interesting add to it that makes me more inclined to want to subscribe i'm gonna need to look more into the comic side because if you can get them the new ones right that's an excellent uh buy i know that with the marvel app they're usually three months behind which for people that aren't doing podcasts that need to be relevant right that's perfect that's right. easy one of my buddies he does it i guess for i mean he does cancel it then from time to time and then six months later then he has a bunch more to read that works out great for some people financially too. Even when right. you can do that, for us, no, not we need so much. to know now. Yes, we it's need to hard when we get behind on books. Yes, very much so. Um, one thing though that uh, I, this is where I'm going to have to get the for, borrow someone's password at least is uh, they're making a Doom Patrol TV series, and I am not the most up and up on Doom Patrol. Yeah, me neither. I know it's been around for forever, but when I just heard that they cast uh, Alan Tudyk in the show, yeah, I definitely want to uh, watch it. I think, he, I think it's funny that they cast him. I feel like they feel bad because he was on that one show, that DC show. Powers? Yeah. That was such a good it fucking was, show, It was, and it too. got canceled, and he was great on that show, so I think maybe they're like, well, now we gotta give him something else to do. That's true, but that's He's totally also fun. a good actor. Yeah. Uh, so I'm definitely uh, hoping that uh, that show goes well and he doesn't wash out of it. Brendan Fraser is going to be in this show too, by the way. That's who I also yeah. heard. He's going to be uh, Robot Man. That's it's coming together. Yeah. See, it's coming it's together. Just, at first I was like, Brendan Fraser, isn't he dead? Because <laughs> you haven't heard from him in a while. He hasn't right? starred in anything in forever. It's been a while. So I'm excited to see this comeback. Um, one, uh, thing of someone who can't really keep his mouth shut on things, which, to be honest, I, I'm not upset with him at all for running his mouth, is Dave Bautista. 
I wonder if this plays into the fact that he used to be a wrestler and he's like he used to always do a promo. Yeah, like he's do like he's getting like he's getting the heat for he, he's the like Marvel's the or Disney's the heel right now. He's, he's and, the baby face. Yes, yes, and I, he's going after him. And I can tell. I mean, he is. Yeah, <laughs> people agree with him and everything. So he's uh, been talking a, uh, a bit of like he hasn't really been spoiling anything with specifics, but he's talked about how yeah. So we we've already shot our scenes for. Avengers 4, so we're obviously coming back for that. Uh, if anyone, unless you're living on a rock, you would assume that these people are coming back. I mean, right. there's no... But then he's also talking about, and of course we've all been signed on to, which also kind of spoilerish that they've all been signed on to the Guardians of the Galaxy 3, which right. could, as they've always talked, could have happened before this. Like, it could be one of those out of place, like, right before this, but it doesn't make sense time wise right um at all so you know at the end of avengers 4 either these people are back in the proper or they're trying to get back sure. i think that might happen with spider-man where he is in an off world and get him back by the end of that so mm -hmm. maybe he's not in avengers 4 but who knows i don't know but dave batista talking about the movie more and more is not you yeah, know no. not great no he's gonna he, get himself in trouble oh very much so and i think he kind of is because he's pretty much flat out said i don't want to come back i don't want to work for uh disney yeah and with it being on hold indefinitely who knows so maybe he is talking so that instead of he gets fired so he's out of his contract but yeah. the whole uh i can go on and on about the james gunn thing yeah we could we all could <laughs> um it's a terrible thing we all collectively agree. Uh, last thing that I have, unless you have anything else. I have a couple things. Okay, I'll get yours first because mine is the most ridiculous thing okay. in the world. Uh, first off, I'll start with sad stuff because a couple people in the comics industry died this week. They're old, so, I mean, let's not get too sad about it. But <laughs> this isn't. these aren't surprise deaths, um, but it is sad. So, Marie Severin, uh, she was 89. She died of a stroke. Uh, she was, she's actually a very important female figure in comics history. She's one of the very first, um, I don't want to say first actual illustrators because they used female illustrators throughout comics history. They just made them use men's names when they published, but she was one of the first big, like out front female illustrators for Marvel. And she was the co-creator of Jessica Drew, Spider-Woman. And she's the one who created Jessica Drew's very iconic Spider-Woman red and yellow outfit. So, you know, it's super cool. I like when I read about the, the comics industry and the women in it who are pushing their way through, even through all the machismo of the men in there. And the one quote I read from her that I thought was kind of funny is, um, she's like, all, everybody in the comic books industry, all the men talk about how they don't want women around because women gossip. She's like, men gossip too. They call it networking. <laughs> and there's a lot of networking going around in the Marvel offices. And I was like, you get it, girl. <laughs> um, the other death this week in the comics industry is Gary Friedrich. I think I'm pronouncing his name correctly. Apologies to the dead if I am not. Um, he has had Parkinson's disease for a while. He died at 75. He is actually the co-creator of Ghost Rider. Um, who was originally known as the Phantom Rider when he created him. 
went back and forth with the Marvel with Marvel for a very long time over the rights to this character because Marvel was like, you can't have him, he's ours, and he was like, oh, I think he's mine. <laughs> <laughs> so a little bit of turmoil there, but eventually I think they came to terms with it, and um, so you know, two two big names in the industry who've added a lot. Uh, the other thing I want to throw in here, not death. Deaths are over. We're moving past death now. Um, unless we're, I mean, we are talking about Wesley Snipes, cause, so we can talk about his career a little bit. But <laughs> he's actually in talks with Marvel right now to add Blade back into the Marvel Universe. How, how why? Like, you can just pretend that it is. Yeah, I mean, I think that, I loved Blade, and I think everyone forgets that Blade was the first big Marvel comic book movie mm-hmm. that actually everyone's Made like money. yeah everyone everyone gives it to X-Men saying if it weren't for X-Men then we wouldn't have all these really I think it's Blade like uh, yes and no though I do feel that there is a different genre for vampire a movies little bit. especially around Halloween time that yes he is quote unquote a Marvel hero yes but if you if they didn't have Blade as a character it is straight up a vampire, vampire movie. movie. Sure. There's no other superheroes in it. Sure. So I, I I can say technically correct. Yes, he is the first one, but I do feel that the X Men really paved the way for superhero movies. You know, there yeah. can be debate on who's technically correct or not, but I will say I I, I like Blade, and I do think that it should be properly in there. Or yeah, there should be a cameo or something. Of, I think it's it's admirable how hard like apparently what it is is he has he already has two shelled out ideas shelled out that's not the word i'm thinking of thought out (laughs) completely completed ideas that he's brought to them and apparently they're interested in both of them but he's done this work like he brought them a finished product basically and said here you go let's do this again you guys are big now I kind of helped you start that, so maybe include me in the future. And Marvel's like, ah, we'll see. <laughs> yeah, we, I mean, you need us more than we need you right now. But <laughs> um, So the other thing I want to talk about uh, briefly, because it is a little bit of a confusing topic, but I just want to put it out there. So Alterna Comics, which is an indie press, um, has updated their code of conduct for their creators recently. And... According to their new code of conduct, um, their creators are not allowed to use blockchain or bots to mass block people on social media. So basically what that means is if a creator is on social media and they get harassed by somebody, as happens quite frequently, and they, they can block that one person by hitting block, but what the blockchain or the bots do is anybody that's associated with this person who would then maybe come after the creator if they block this one person as, you know, okay. you cut off one head and two more grow sort of thing. Mm. Hydra, the Hydra of the internet. <laughs> <laughs> um, this, what the blockchain does is it, it then blocks everybody. The as, chains? It, it blocks everybody associated with that or bot, there's bots to do this too. So you're, you're, you're cutting out the cancer entirely instead of just one little cell. And Alterna has said, no, you guys can't do that. 
your job is to promote the comics, which I argue is not their job. Their job yeah, is to make not. the comics. <laughs> um, that's why you have a publisher for that. Right. And uh, if you block entire groups of people, then you're not fully offering the comics to everybody. And your comics should be offered to everybody. And I understand that concept. Comics should be available to everybody, but it's not the job of the creators to do that. Yeah, it, I, I understand that. I think, though, I think it's, it's hard to say when you what's because there could then be those who are nefarious also blocking then people trying to change minds. But ultimately, when trolls are trolls, you need to do something to prevent them from yeah. being dicks. You should be able to protect your mental health. Against these people. And you should take away their voice because they don't need a voice. That's right. the only tool that they have. And once you take it away, they cease to be trolls and right. turn to stone giants. Right. And if Alterna wants their comics promoted, they can do that on their Twitter and on their Facebook. I don't think that it's up to the creators to... I mean, creators do push their own stuff. They should. They're proud of it. But they should also be allowed to not have not that's not their main job and or i mean it comes down to though two i guess if they have they maybe they have two different accounts then and their personal account should be their personal one and then i guess if they did have one that they're representing the books sure then you could kind of do a blanket statement because then that's your work twitter address which i do feel then they have a right to do but i feel that that's kind of then again, too, when you're suppressing even trolls, you are taking... Free speech fucking is weird, and it sucks, right. and it sometimes needs to be regulated in certain times, and... Right. And the, the thing is, is, like, this isn't... Alterna's, Alterna's view of this isn't even, like, you're taking away people's free speech. They're saying that you're taking away access to everybody to the comic book, which is not true. Everybody can still get the comic book. Well, it's it could, just... could be that they're got some people that don't understand technology... And in a week's time, we will find out that this policy was reversed because then they were sat down with the PowerPoint presentation and <laughs> they were explaining but how to do this and who is single. I just, I think it's, it's, it's a little unfair that they expect their creators to have to put up with assholes just to sell a comic book. Um, I agree with you if they were, if they were using, um, like if their Twitter handle was like Jim Alterna at twitter you know whatever mm-hmm. uh then that is the property of the of alterna and then they don't do any of that stuff on that twitter handle and on their private one they can do whatever they want um this code of conduct does not stipulate that it's 100 percent as creators for alterna for this book you can't do this anymore and that's t- i think that's just taking it a little too far all right, well, one last thing that I want to talk about that I know uh, is really uh, polarizing because it has you and me on two different sides. Yeah. I find this stupid and ridiculous. You find it great. <laughs> Intriguing is the word I would use. William Shatner is coming out with Shatner Kloss, the Christmas album. <laughs> oh, my God. I think this sounds awesome. No, this yes. is... Ah, did you not like his previous works? I No, well, no, not really. It's... <laughs> It's William Shatner. He he knows his cadence and how he talks, and yeah. I don't. I find it funny in small doses, 
not to where people should be shelling out uh, actual money on an album. Right. I'll, I mean, I'll listen to it on YouTube. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> I will listen to a song to hear how horrible it yeah. is because that's what people are going to want to do. Jingle bells. Jingle bells. Jingle, Jingle all the, the way. way. <laughs> Come on. That's exactly how it's going to be. be amazing. <laughs> no, it will not be. Uh, oh, in, in that, this is again every week and I started stressing even more so-and-so said they want to place this so-and-so said they want to play this I know this is not news this is actually something that doesn't even need to be promoted right but that I see other places are promoting his Christmas album we're not even to Halloween yet that's fair let's 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 wait till after Halloween that's fair it is a little early but you know I mean I still think this is gonna be awesome <laughs> Uh, Booze in a Book? Yes. So, Booze in a Book this week. The book is Edge of Spider-Geddon number two. So, this is the lead-up to Spider-Geddon where they do all the separate issues for all the different characters, like they did. And We've explained this before. Go back a couple podcasts and listen to it. Um, <laughs> so, this, this follows uh, Penny Parker, who controls Spider, who is the mech suit. Okay, yep. Her dad... Was uh, the subject of one of the Edge of the Spider Edge of the Spider Verse? Is that what it was called? Yeah. Um, issues. He died in that, and she went on to fight in the main title, and then back to this, back to this in her world being Spider, and um, you know, it 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 just follows her at school and her going to. Um, Kind of a character profile. Yeah, a little bit. The the I like the reason why I like these books so much is because they take normal Spider-Man lore and they they do almost the exact same thing, but they fit it into the world. So they have like a Morbius, but it's a giant electric sucking monster instead gotcha. of yeah yeah. Um, and they introduce uh, this other character, this girl whose name is Addie Brock. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. I wonder who she's going to be. Yeah. <laughs> so I, it, you, you, you find out a couple pages in, Addie is there to run the SIM machine, right? Okay. Yep. And called Venom. And it's supposed to be, it kind of reminds me actually of, um, what's that movie that you really like with the robots and the monsters? Uh, oh, Civic Rim, Pacific, yeah. where there's like a total uh, symbiosis between the person and yep. the... So that's what her suit is supposed to be like, where it, it she's one with it, right? Mm -hmm. Which makes sense, because it's a play on Venom, yeah. which is a symbiote. Um, and Penny goes to fight Morbius, and things go wrong, so then Venom comes to save the day, except that also goes very wrong, because as we know... When somebody wears the symbiote, they think they're in control of it for a little while, <laughs> and then all hell breaks loose. And that's kind of what happens in this, too. Um, Penny doesn't die. May dies, who is her aunt, because her aunt and her uncle have taken her in after her dad died, her Aunt May. Oh, where have I heard that story before? <laughs> right. Um, and May goes to save Addie from whatever's happen happening to her in that suit. And when Penny busts the suit open... Addie and May are both gone. So I don't know if they've been consumed by Venom 
or what happened in it. Um, I don't know that we'll ever find out because I feel like there's never any resolutions to these unless it's Spider-Gwen. I kind of hope this is the next one because I like this world and I want to see what happens to these characters Mm -hmm. going forward. Um, It's pretty interesting. What are you pairing it with? Uh, I am pairing this with a Venom cocktail. Ooh. Yes. So a Venom cocktail is a lot of vodka. Um, (laughs) (laughs) It is actually, it's vodka and Southern Comfort with a dash of orange juice, and then it's you pour a bottle of WKD Blue in it, which is also mostly vodka. It's like one of those, um, you know... Liqueur type? It's kind of like a wine cooler, but it's not wine cooler. It's vodka. You know how okay. you can get those now in, like, the single bottle? Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of... You could probably do the same thing with Blue Caraco. <laughs> <laughs> Young Neil's not here to yell at me for that one, so I'm going to say it all I want. But anyway... Um, mix those all together. Tastes really good, but it's got that bite to it, like fucking vodka always has. Yeah. So those that's the pairing this week. All right. Well, uh, yeah. Yeah. I guess uh, stay thirsty for pumpkin spice. Oh God. Or not. <laughs>